This is the Knowledge Bandits Podcast, and I'm your host, Arum Galadima. Let's start the show. This is the Knowledge Bandits Podcast, and I'm excited to bring you today's guest, Miss Mabel Suglo. She is a social entrepreneur working to empower people with disabilities, women, and other marginalized people in this society to take ownership of their lives. Um, Mabel, very brief overview on what you're doing, but can you take the time to let the bandits get to know you a little bit better? Okay, thank you for the opportunity, Aram. Hi, bandits. My name is Mabel Suklo uh, from Ghana, West Africa, 24 years of age. I'm the founder of um, Dignified Wear, where we train and employ persons with disabilities and rural women to manufacture durable and versatile footwear. Locally woven fabrics, handbags, and necklaces from recycled tires and other sustainable materials. I recently just um, completed my national service, which is a mandatory one-year service we do for our country. Um, I think that's that for now. Okay. Nice. And so, when did you when did you start Dignified Wears? Okay, I started it just last year, July, on the 7th. So 7th of July, 2017 was when I started the Way. Okay, and, and what prompted you to start it? Well, I've ever run a project called EcoShoes, of which I think that's the reason why you even got in touch with me. Mm. Um, but somewhere last year we just needed to do a rebranding of things um, which led to it being um, dignified away. So actually it's just the same motif I started um, Echo Shoes with that I've started um, dignified way with. It's just that dignified way is much more focused on women and then persons with disabilities all right. That was from Echo Shoes. But this time around, we are focusing on more traditional and African stuff. Um, with this necklaces um, and um, fabrics we make, for instance, are much more of cultural and traditional settings of which I want to promote for the um, tourism industry mm. of Ghana because there are a whole lot of unique stories and unique things about these beads and... Um, fabrics that most people don't really know. So that's, uh, but all this is as a result of me wanting to honor my late grandmom, who was a liposuction with just a single pump, cultivated food plus on a piece of land to feed my mom and we the grandchildren. So I just want to um, pay her that respect and say thank you to her for giving me a business idea and um, just tell her that she was my heroine, even though I never got to tell her that uh, before she passed on because I was so young and I didn't even really know what challenges she used to face when she was in the village and all those things. Mm. So basically, I just want to empower people like my grandmom who are marginalized uh, but are not giving up on the quest to make a living and take ownership of their lives. Hmm. Hmm. That's that's really cool. Um, and so what is your background? How does your background relate to what you're doing now? Well, um, I can't really see 
like in terms of my education, I would say that maybe it's because I, I studied uh, a Bachelor of Education in Health Science, so it's like more like I have to promote health and anything that has to do with health. Mm. And then being uh, born from a humble beginning, whereby mm. um, most of the family members are into health and just a few percentage, like my dad being in the education sector, so I've just decided to combine these two and come out with something unique. Uh, I must say that I'm the only one that has ventured into entrepreneurship for my family, hmm. of which it came with some kind of um, resistance initially. But with time, they, when they got to realize what I was doing and um, understood that I wanted to take my entrepreneurial skills or passion to another level because I used to sell this uh, ice cream and Water mm. when I was at age eight, and ah. I have always wanted to be independent on my own from um, a very tender age. So they just realized that this is what this baby wants to do. So ah, it's okay to to embrace change sometimes. So mm. um, actually, my background doesn't really, 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 really um, fit into whatever I'm doing, but I'm just trying to pull all the experiences or the resources I have available into me to build in something I really dream and wish for. So apart from my grandmom thing, um, I've not done any uh, masters in business administration, so I can't really say that's the reason why I'm starting business and there's nobody in the family that's really taking business on a high level, whereby mm. I can say that, oh, it's maybe because of this person and that kind of thing. But, well, there's always a whole lot of things to explore out there and I love being adventurous and I think that's what is working. Hmm. So that's that. That's that's really cool. I mean, I, I think often you find uh, entrepreneurs don't necessarily have business experience, but what they do is uh, what they do have is a passion for solving a specific issue. And I mm-hmm. see that clearly with you. And so we've talked a little bit about the origins of the business, but we also want to get to know you better as an entrepreneur. So what fires you up in the morning? What is your morning routine? And why is that routine so important to you? Okay, so um, I wake up by 5.30 a.m. in the morning. Hmm. Uh, when I Sometimes I do feel lazy to get out of bed. So it's just like, just leave it not enough. But when I'm able to get out of bed at 5.30 without snoozing the alarm, I say my prayers to my God, get out and sweep around, try to clean as a African woman mm. <laughs> <laughs> who, who will be running a home someday. So I have to do all those things, get some breakfast and um, head off for my website in town. Actually, I don't have any fixed office right now. I'm just always moving around, coordinating activities between my persons with disabilities and the various departments. Mm. So, um, and I stay with them. Maybe if I, today I need to stay with the weaving department for maybe five hours or two hours, depending on whatever we have to get done on that day, I stay there more often, try to work as they are also working because most of my work is mental and mechanical while they are doing the physical kind of thing. Mm. So by close of eyes, um, done with the round. Sometimes it's exchange, so, but mostly, most often it's, it's 5 p.m. I'm done. 
for work and I start heading home. When I get home, I get to get some dinner fixed. Most of the times I really cook before in the morning before I move out. So by the time I come out, I just it's either I microwave it or reheat it. Mm. After I'm done eating, I get go get a shower, then come and sit down, try to analyze the five the eight to five schedule, did it really work? If not, if there's any um carry over things I need to do. I rest for an hour that is from six to seven there, sometimes getting to seven thirty. Mm. Depending on the time I get home, then by eight thirty I'm seated back behind my laptop to get other assignments or meals or any other official thing I need to get done. Um, up to the time I'm able to, up to the, my ability, then I plan for the following day and just uh, follow up on people I have on my list to follow up, like if it is a family or a friend, so that mm. we just keep that bonding in place. So that's how my typical day is like. Oh, wow. Yeah, you have everything uh, laid out very systematically. That's cool. That probably serves you well throughout the day. Yeah. And so a big part of uh, being an entrepreneur is the passion. And it's it's clear that you have that passion. But also another side of the equation is being able to sustain yourself. So can you share some ways that you generate income? All right. So as I stated earlier in my introduction, um, I just currently finished my national service which would actually officially be done in August, three months from now. So uh, once it's a mandatory service, the government also provides us with allowance. So that's uh, a site income I'm having there. And then the other one is um, me selling uh, the business products and all this because most of the marketing is done by me. And then um, I uh, sometimes uh, when I'm going to church, like my ice cream kind of thing or chips or this kind of pastries. I, 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 I'm, I'm blessed to be multi-talented. Mm. So I just make some of these cookies, send it to church. So, and then I, the little um, amount of money I get, I use it to support myself when the need arises. But that I would uh, say that most of the time is at my convenience because some of the times I see that when I get to church, I would, there will be so many meetings and, other things, and I wouldn't be able to go around sell, of which if I'm not able to sell on that day, selling it over the weekend will be, uh, the week would uh, be a challenge for me. So I do it more at convenience instead of something I do, yes, um, often. But it can actually be uh, um, a source of income. It's just that I've not really decided to devote my time to it. Mm. Now, when it gets to critical, I'll do something like that and maybe get a sales girl for it or kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, nice. And so you've mentioned having to work with the different teams within um, your your business. So how many people do you have collectively working uh, working with you? I have five people working with me okay. right now, of which three of them are males who are all disabled. Mm. Then two, one is an abled woman and one is a disabled one. The, so the disabled women, they are like each of them has a kind of uh, department. They were, for the guys, for instance, they are into uh, assembling and making of our footwear. Mm. That of the other disabled woman, she's in 
uh, in charge of making uh, uh, the beading, like she does the beading for the footwear and that of our necklaces. And then the other lady does uh, the fabric. She weaves the fabric. So that is the team I have in place for now. Okay. We grow in the future. Yeah. Nice, nice. And for people who are out there looking to hire individuals, it seems like you've you've done that several times, and hopefully it's going well. But can you give a brief word of advice for hiring people? Okay, I think um, I can best speak for Ghana once I'm in Ghana. So I'm thinking that. Um, most of the times, Africa has the, this huge challenge of um, human resource lapses, right? So I would say that um, in hiring people, you should hire people that are really willing to learn. And um, you should also understand how they learn and give them that space to learn as a recruiter. Because obviously, some people are out there, they are not willing to work. So you don't need to flock a dead horse. So you just need to go to people that really are interested in working by, that would be identified when you are doing or conducting an interview for them because you definitely advertise, of which we advertise by word of mouth now because I'm using the disabled guys to do this kind of snowball kind of sampling thing. Whereby I tell them, oh, tell your other disabled guys to get on board is what we are doing. So when they come after talking to them for a while, I get to know whether they are really passionate about what we are doing or they are actually interested in granting themselves financial freedom or those kind of things. When I see that the person is really passionate, why not we welcome you on board? If it is that he or she is comfortable the way he or she is and doesn't want to improve, you say, well... Goodbye, but our doors are always open in case you reconsider your decision someday. So first, uh, what I would say uh, in, in the simple terms is learn how your workers learn or the people you want them to work for you learn. Everybody is not equal. Some are very fast learners, some are average, and some need a lot of patience. So you should be willing to go at that level. Mm. to understand each one and their uniqueness. Nice, nice. I think that's a very, very good word of advice for people looking to hire. Sometimes you're looking for people who can get the job done, but also um, you're looking for people that you can cultivate and build uh, so they're able to do those jobs. So that's that's a great piece of advice. Um, And so being an entrepreneur, uh, you experience high points, you experience low points. But right now, I want you to take us to one of those low points, explain it to us, describe it to us in detail. We want to feel like we were there with you. Okay. So one of them that actually happened um, just in March this year was one day I got to the house and after being stressed up, moving up and down, all those things, I go home and I realize that, as I told you earlier when I normally try to figure out what is being left or what is left to be done for the day during um, 7, day, 7 p.m. there. Mm. So I realized that there were a whole lot of chunk of work to be done, like eating, responding to emails, uh, deadlines to meet with applications, assignments to be done. And 
I, I've not also prepared dinner that day. Mm. So I was hungry. I was tired. But there's so much work on the table looking at my face. So I, out of um, that kind of overwhelming state, I just broke down and I started crying. Mm. I cried. I actually did nothing. I was just sitting down there looking <laughs> at mm. whatever I had to do and I was just crying. So um, I finally... Um, was able to pull myself together a bit, go get a shower and came to continue. As I was even showering, I was still crying because uh, it's like I'm going to let down my customers like the lady I was supposed to get her slippers done. Um, it wasn't going to be done the time we, we agreed on and uh, I didn't want to uh, let her feel left down. But here's the case, I couldn't do anything about it. So when I came and I sat on my bed, I cried. And by the time I realized, I woke up this lady with a headache. Hmm. So that's one of those things that it's okay. It's okay to always go through those things. And nobody says my a superhero. Hmm. You're not a superman. You're not a superwoman. So just take it easy sometimes. Hmm. Yeah. No, I like I like that you put it into perspective. Sometimes it, it does get difficult and. Uh, you need to realize that you're not a superhero. You need to slow down. You need to um, sort of take care of yourself. There's as people talk about the work-life balance all the time, and that's something that's real. And so on the flip side, uh, can you take us to one of those moments where uh, you felt like this is exactly where you needed to be? Everything was just sort of lining up and clicking for you. Okay, so um, what I would say is, I think um, doing what I'm doing right now is kind of telling me that everything is is is, is working out for me, and um, I'm um, I'm actually where I want to be. Because as I told you, I'm the type that I always want to bring out something unique, and um, Try and I always want to empower people uh, from any angle, whether it's uh, with a smile or anything at all I can do just to make somebody happy in life and feel uh, on right, on it or like feel dignified. Mm -hmm. To dignify people is what I really want to do. So once I'm doing something like this for persons with disabilities or other marginalized folks, I think. I'm really on that part and everything is falling together in place for me because I'm getting uh, beginning to get traction now. Mm. I'm making some sales and all those things. And I know with, uh, even though right now we are not making any huge profit or like making revenue as we would have loved to, but I know in due course uh, with time, everything that is good normally takes some good time to build up. So we can just, appear all of a sudden and want to hit the jackpot. No. So gradually everything is, is taking shape mm. as we have begun well. Yeah. I think you, you, you bring up an interesting point. Oftentimes entrepreneurs want to start making money right away. And while that is ideal, that's not necessarily how it typically happens. You need to work and lay the foundation so that later on you're able to generate revenue. But uh, um, it's good that you have a grasp on uh, the fact that you right now is the time for building and you do have plans to generate revenue and generate income in the future um, or positive cash flow rather. 
Um, so it's important to, to keep everything in perspective and understand that it does take time to get to the point where you're, you're cash flow positive. And with that, we'll get into the rapid fire round. Are you ready? Yeah. Nice. What would you say was initially stopping you from taking the step to be an entrepreneur? Okay, so um, here in Ghana, most people think that once you're an entrepreneur, that means you're not a brilliant student in school, mm. or you just can't, uh, you just can't make it in school, or you just you're just someone that is not ready to to be educated. But um, I'm glad that right now a whole lot of people with MBAs and executive MBAs are entrepreneurs and people are beginning to welcome that kind of idea of uh, you being an entrepreneur. And people, you know, Ghana, people used to understand entrepreneurship to be this kind of sole proprietor person that has a shop that sits in it uh, from morning to evening and that kind of thing. That was how they defined it. But right now they are beginning to embrace the change that is coming to know that you know all that kind of thing. Hmm. And when did you stop looking at your business as a project and started looking at it more as uh, an actual business? Well, I started looking at my project as a business since the day it was going to be established, that is in the month of July hmm. last year, 2017. I, uh, from my previous experience uh, with my EcoShoes project, I got to know that for a business to really be um, sustainable, it needs to be able to generate revenues on its own and not only depend on the grant mm. from angel investors and loans from family and friends. So from the onset, getting dignified were done. I kept in place all the structures that, for it, it, that will enable it to run as a business instead of um, any charity organization. Hmm. Nice. And what would you say is your superpower as an entrepreneur? Ah, uh, well, I would say uh, I have a teachable spirit. Uh, maybe it's someone that um, once I don't know anything, I would gladly ask, even if it is my Sunday school children at church, I'll ask them, okay, what do you think about this or what is this? For them to explain for me to get to know what it means. Or I guess... Um, once uh, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm used to so many networks, I know that these people are far ahead of me. So I can really learn a lot of things. So I just go like, hey, please, I need help on this. I want to know what this is. This, this. And the person teaches me and suggests to me what uh, he or she thinks can be done. And I gladly take it. And once I implement it, it works. I let them know if it doesn't work, I let them know. And they end up bringing out better solutions. So... I would say I have a teachable spirit. Okay, nice. And what do you, what would you say is one quality that you need to improve on most? Uh, the ability to stay focused, hmm. um, especially when I'm working. I, 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 I don't know whether it's because I, I juggle or try to keep a lot of things done at the same time. Sometimes, for instance, I can uh be planning to post something on our social media page, then I'll remember that, oh, I need to respond to this mail or I've not signed up <laughs> for one interview or the other. So I end up picking my phone to go respond to the email when actually I was um, trying to draft something to post on social media. So 
I need to really uh, be disciplined enough and stay focused, getting one thing done at a time instead of always trying to do so many things at the same time. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. And what is the best piece of advice you've received and who is it from? Well, um, I, I, I received this advice to always pursue my dreams in new processes from uh, Fred Sanica. He's the founder of uh, African Leadership Academy University. Um, I actually received that advice from him when I went for the Anjija Prize in 2015 in Johannesburg, South Africa, where we had some um, indoor lunch with him, and he was advising us as the fellows that qualified for that program. Yeah. Nice. And what are you reading right now? I'm reading the book called Content Incorporated by Joe Poliza. Okay. Nice. So it's talking about uh, content marketing. Okay. Whereby uh, the various things you need to do, like uh, getting a blog. Uh, it is not actually for just product kind of based businesses. It's also for services or maybe just to build your personal brand. So you get a blog, you provide people with information. With time, you try to convert those blogs into a book. Then with time, you become a public speaker that is highly sought for across the world, depending on the kind of content you provide your audience with. Yeah. Nice. So it's titled Content Incorporated by Joe Polita. Nice. And uh, what is one internet resource or application that you couldn't live without? Obviously, it's WhatsApp. Because <laughs> WhatsApp, at, uh, just like I had to call you this morning on that, and then I had check up for, on my customers through that. I send them pictures. Mm. They choose whatever they want. Because right now my customer base is not that very large. Even though I'm working on um, building a catalog whereby I can send it over meals and all those things to make the thing look much more professional. But I think with WhatsApp, it allows me to interact with my customers at a more personal level mm. to get to know them better, get their feedbacks to see how we can improve products to meet their needs. And they are ones and not just producing any kind of product because we think we have to produce. Mm. And just deviating slightly, this wasn't in the uh, script, but what is something that you need help with or something that someone could provide and that would make the world of a difference to your business? Well, that would be to provide me with machinery. Mm. Machinery for our work because almost whatever we do involves um, machines like the shoes, for instance. Right now, it's handmade, all right, but if we have machinery like the automatic uh, shoe sizing machines, mm. it will help us be able to produce a lot more. And then um, uh, uh, laptops with kind of a software, a software like for designing because sometimes. When your customer speaks to you, oh, Mabel, I need to get this fabric. I'm going to send it for a wedding and that kind of thing. So you really need to do a whole lot of uh, second around to see the kind of colors that would be good for attending a wedding, the kind of personality the person is, mm -hmm. and all those sort of things comes into the designing of the fabric or the product we are to get for this personality. So if we are able to have um, laptops or other machines, 
that would help us be able to visualize and do all these things to kind of create a more customized thing for our customers. That will be a major, major, major breakthrough for us because these machines we are talking about requires a whole lot of huge investment. Hmm. Hmm. Nice. And to close out the rapid fire round, do you feel like you've made it yet? No, no, for now, no. But what I know is I'm uh, on the path to making it because I, the point at which I think I will make it is when I'm able to employ a lot of persons with disabilities and my rural women in our own, that will be operating in our own factory, having our own warehouse and our own ultra modern showroom whereby as the supply chain for the whole business is smoothly running and intact. Uh, until I get to that point, I don't think I've made it yet. Yeah. Nice. Well, I think that was a, a great rapid fire round. Um, a lot of good answers. I like to do that. You get quick answers and you sort of see uh, a different side of entrepreneurship revealed. Um, and so as we cool down, you mentioned one book already, uh, but is there another book that you would recommend to the bandits? All right. So I would like to recommend to the bandits a book called The e mm. It's written by... Okay, so let me just talk a, 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 a brief about the book image. It's also talking about entrepreneurs, mm. whereby you would uh, um, set up a business um, and you have three personalities in you, all right. You have the technician part, you have the entrepreneur part, and you have the manager part. So the technician part is just like maybe you have a skill in making like let's say my pastries business, for instance, that I have a skill in. So maybe I'll get up and say, oh, well, I, I think I can make pastries that well. So let me do that. Mm. But one thing I've forgotten is I need the entrepreneurial part that would always let me envision things and set goals because the entrepreneur always leaves the future right present. But the technician, which is the you baking the pastries, is, in the noun, you are trying to um, make the pastries and all those things, and then your manager personality comes that will try to make sure that the dough is mixed right. You are using the number of eggs that's supposed to be used. Mm. You are using the quantity of sugar and all those things. After that, all those uh, mixes and uh, tools need to be properly arranged. Mm. So this book called The E-Mate Revisited by Michael E. Gabba, is talking about that for every entrepreneur to understand that you are an entrepreneur, you are a technician, mm. and you are a manager. And none of these three personalities love to be controlled. Like it doesn't love to, it doesn't want to have any boss. So you need to understand these personalities and blend them well so that your project wouldn't fail or your business wouldn't run at a halt or fold up someday. Mm. It's, it's just a book, a good book. So. The current uh, entrepreneurs or aspiring ones can read it. I, it really changed a whole lot of my thinking yeah. after I've read it because it made me understand why some businesses start off very well and fail and why some are still thriving up to date. So if you want your business 
or whatever you want to career you want to venture into to to to, to really succeed or survive kindly get this book it's not a very big book it's just 148 pages hmm. but it's so much more what the information you will learn there nice nice um and for those listening uh, if you want to see any of those books that uh, Mabel has recommended you can go to her um page on the website and you'll find that information there um and we'd like to talk about mentorship a little bit here so can you explain who your mentors are and talk about the the general value of mentorship for you well um i have a whole lot of mentors in my life both uh, official and unofficial so most of them are into the fashion industry because that's where I found myself in. Hmm. So, and then most of these giant uh, uh, brands like Gucci and all those things because I do deal with uh, handbags and those kind of So like any brand that is making it out there, that is into what I'm, I'm, I'm doing. I try to follow them to see what they are doing, what I can do because they are already huge brands, but I'm something small, but I need to learn from those that are people I want to look up to or where I want to get to someday to also be able to run or put the proper structures in place. So apart from looking at those brands online, there are a few of our fashion designer friends that are into shoe making, clothes making, bags making, necklace making. I do interact with um, for advices and then also share ideas with them. And we, we, we keep on picking up and improving ourselves as business people and then um, entrepreneurs as well. Nice, nice. And for those people that are listening who are afraid to take that next step that they know they should, uh, what advice can you give them? Well, I want to tell anybody that wants to do anything that's you have to do it right now because there's never a perfect time or a correct time for anything. You just jump in and figure out how to do it later. And um, there are always people that are around willing to help. But if you don't seek for help, nobody would help you. So you have all it takes to do whatever you want to do. Just start it. Just start anyhow, from, whether from the middle, top, bottom, Start it. And mm. if you feel like you are thinking, raise up your hand and say, hey, I'm thinking somebody come to my aid and you be amazed at the number of parachutes you uh, be thrown at to save your life. Oh. Hmm. I like that advice. Um, yeah. I, I, I think oftentimes we, we feel like we have to do it alone as entrepreneurs. But uh, the thing is, you need people around you. You need smart people around you who can also help when uh, things start to go awry. Nice. And yeah. so as we say goodbye, can you let us know how we can connect with you, whether it's through Twitter, all the social media, email, your website, all of that? Okay, so on my Facebook which I'm always most uh, like I'm mostly active on. You can just uh, get me on Mabel Suklo. Just type the name, search for me, Mabel Suklo. You would see me. And then um, LinkedIn too is also the same Mabel Suklo with a hyphen in between the Mabel and the Suklo. 
On Twitter, you can get me on Suglo Mabel and at one to rate Suglo Mabel one. Uh, for my email address, is just Mabel, you add asterisk at signifiedgh.com. And I would be happy, uh, I would be glad to respond to your emails or your questions on whatever it is. Yeah. Nice. So any of them, be it on Facebook, Messenger, my email account, or anywhere at all, you can, you think you can connect with me. Okay, nice, nice. And as we leave, I leave with the final question. So you're tasked with building the greatest business the world has ever seen. You can bring on any two people, living or dead. Who would you bring on and what would you do? Okay, who would I bring on and what would I do? Right now, I would like to bring on somebody like Nicki Minaj. <laughs> okay. Yes, uh, to kind of wear my clothes and perform with it to get me money. Mm. And then another person like Bishop um, Dag. Hmm. He was no, yes, uh, he's a preacher. Yes, if I get him to get some of my things worn and shown out there and just write about it, I'm cool. Hmm. <laughs> Nice. Well, there you have it. That's the dream team. Um, Mabel, it's, it's been a great experience talking with you today. Uh, I've appreciated our time together. I've learned a lot, and I think that the bandits have learned a lot also. Great. Thank you, too, for the opportunity. And uh, thank you and all the best to everyone else there. Let's keep being awesome. Yeah. Stay inspired. Hey, if you're still there, thanks for listening. If you like the show, please hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Handle is Knowledge Bandits everywhere. We have closed sessions lined up with some of the entrepreneurs that we've already interviewed. So if you have questions that weren't answered during the show, you'll have a chance to connect with them during these closed sessions. Just go to the Knowledge Bandits website at knowledgebandits.com and sign up for the newsletter on the contact page. If you or someone you know has a business, we'd love to share your story with the Knowledge Bandits community. Just send an email to interview at knowledgebandits.com. If you have a question for me or you want to connect with any of the guests so far, send an email to me personally at arum at knowledgebandits.com. Stay inspired.